0: Hi, this is Lamar Edwards from the For the Culture Draft, and you're listening to the Cinematic Sound Radio Podcast.
1: Today on the 1Upbeat. We're celebrating the Legend of Zelda's 35th anniversary with an in-studio discussion. You'll hear music from Koji Kondo, Hajime Wakai, Kenta Nagata, and more. Okay, so we're here today to talk about Zelda. It's the 35th anniversary, and I have my first in-studio guest, Angela Zerlo, writer and Zelda fanatic.
2: Writer, <laughs> yeah,
1: writer. I've, I've read some of your stuff before. Oh, that's but I figured exciting. you'd be a good person to have with this because when we met, we uh, I think we met over Zelda. Oh, did we? I think so, more or it's, less. It's been, mean,
2: a, it's been a few years, <laughs>
1: yeah, it's been a little while, but uh, I thought it'd be good to have someone actually here that I could look at and speak with, so uh, we're gonna get right into it. Um, what we're gonna cover today is. The, uh, the Zelda games, the 3D games that we haven't covered on the show, we've done Breath of the Wild as part of the Best of the Decade, and then we've done um, Twilight Princess. I believe it was the, uh, the best of, I think it was the Best of the Decade also. Both of them are on there, and they're very different scores. So, you know, it was good to have both of them on there, but I figured that, you know, with the anniversary, it would be worth, you know, doing the rest of the 3D games. And we could talk a little bit about it. We're going to play some selections from uh, each one. A lot of them have uh, medleys, really. The medleys are, are really good representations of the game. And uh, we'll get right into it. We, the first one we have, obviously, is uh, the Ocarina of Time. So you're kind of starting at the top.
2: It's a great game.
1: It really is. <laughs> and it's it's weird because um, every time I play it, I think the last time I, well, no, I played the, the 3DS version. But I think the last time I played it was um, like the the original one, was like its 10th anniversary. So it would have been like 2008. And I remember specifically, I finished it up, and I was like, okay, now what should I play next? And nothing was enjoyable after that.
2: I actually didn't play it until much later. I didn't get into Zelda until after college, and I actually played them in order. So when I finally got to Ocarina of Time, I could feel that amazement, and like, wow, this is a 3D, and this is something really unique. And it's still like nothing. nothing's going to beat that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just to give a little background, I have uh, Ocarina of Time was released on November 21st, ni- 21st, 1998 in Japan, two days later in the United States. It's the first 3D Zelda game, obviously. It revolutionized a lot of how the adventure, you know, the 3D adventure genre would work that way forward. It had Z-targeting. Remember Z-targeting? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Z-targeting kind of became what a lot of games would use for combat, where you lock on... To whatever you were, you know, aiming at, whether it's an enemy to fight or an object to interact with, and you would um, basically the camera would would lock on to that object or enemy, and you would kind of strafe around the object and do whatever you needed to do with it. And I mean, games still do that today. They still have lock-on mechanics like that, and uh, you know, you had the large world map. You know, when people first went out, Hyrule field. And it just was this giant place that and by today's standards is very empty.
2: Yeah. Even even something like Z targeting is just so common now that you don't think of it as being something new and unique. But you think of the games before that one and we were just shooting at things haphazardly and <laughs> Yeah,
1: but down now you had to do it in a three D space and that's what made it complicated. Yeah. So how do you how do you deal with that? And a lot of people still aren't good at three D games, so you had to make it somewhat approachable for them.
2: I probably used it more back then than now. Now I just, my my strategy is just throw myself at enemies, which isn't the best strategy, but eventually it works. Mm-hmm. Stock up on those potions. What did
1: you play the game on?
2: I actually played it on the Wii channel. With the virtual console? Yeah. Yeah. But uh-huh. I, I, I did use the classic controller, so I... Did it's a little ho- funky, right? Yeah. I, I Between the classic controller and the Wii Remote, I wasn't sure which was better, but the classic controller seemed to a better fit yeah, hmm, it for it. Yeah, it is. No, it's,
1: just, it's been re-released so many times now. I have the list here. Do you want to go through the list? Yes, let's It's, do it's, it. kind, of, it's kind of stupid. <laughs> uh, so the first re-release it had was on GameCube. Because if you figure, um, GameCube was in 2001, right? So it was only like three years after the game came out. It was released on GameCube um, 2002 or 2003, depending on where you were. It was bundled with Master Quest, which was the canceled 64 disk drive version of the game. It was supposed to be an expansion where, like, they'd remix the dungeons for you, and they were like, they were always trying to brag about, like, the disk drive has rewriting capabilities. So what'll happen is you'll walk through the field, and you'll have your footprints on there, and then when you load it up again, the footprints will still be there. Oh, that's, that's so strange. <laughs> like that was, a, that was a thing at the time. But, obviously, the disk drive didn't really get far, so what they did is they re-released the Master Quest, which was remix dungeons, and it was a little harder and everything, and it was on that disk. Um, it was sort of like the second quest from the original game, so it kind of functions like that. Right. Um, you got it with pre-orders of uh, Wind Waker. So you'd pre-order Wind Waker, and all of us were smart at the time, so we'd pre-order Wind Waker, get the disc, and then cancel the pre-order because <laughs> that's what you did back in the day. And of course, they've learned since then; they always like give it to you the day of, you know. But um, that's what we did, and then we'd play Ocarina of Time and Master Quest on GameCube, and it was weird because to play the Ocarina, you had to use the C stick. Did you ever do that?
2: Oh, that's weird. It's
1: bad. It's not good. <laughs> that's that's why we should also note that um Ocarina of Time has that music implemented into the game so well and you're playing music with the game and they have the set it's not like you press a button and it says, Okay, we played the song for you. You have to press the notes individually, right?
2: Yeah. And I actually like kept a cheat sheet while I was playing the game, which I probably still have in my desk drawer somewhere. Just of each when whenever they taught me a song, I just write down all the notes so I remember exactly what it is. And I'm a musician, so I'm like, Oh yeah, it like it completely made sense to me.
1: Yeah, but does that transpose to the- up C, down C, left C, right C, <laughs> and tri- A and B. I,
2: I tried my best.
1: You remember when people would try to play their own songs on the Ocarina? Because you only had a certain number of notes.
2: Right. So the
1: first thing everyone would always play was The Simpsons.
2: Oh, I, Because I wasn't involved at the time it came out, I missed all that fun. Yeah, it was
1: like <laughs> people were trying to figure out what you could do with it. Um, the second time that it was re-released was, again, on the GameCube. There was the Legend of Zelda's Collector's Edition It was a GameCube disc. It had Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask in the first two games and a demo of Wind Waker. Uh, It was released in 2003 or 2004. Japan was a Club Nintendo Award. Um, In the U.S. it was bundled with with a GameCube or from renewing your subscription to Nintendo Power, which is probably how I got it. Oh, weird. I probably got it. I'm thinking about it. I'm probably from the Nintendo Power subscription. Because, I mean, I don't think I would have gotten another bundle of GameCube and, you know, there's no other way that nowadays you go to the used game store and you can find it most of the time. Yeah, then or just go, just there.
2: go on eBay. and yeah. you can find whatever you want.
1: Um, do you remember they did sub, sub uh, subscription reward rewards for uh, Nintendo Power? You know, subscribe now no. and you can get this little thing. So the GameCube disc was one of them, and I think um, they had CDs soundtracks Sometimes they would give you if you subscribed, which was great because what you would do is you would let your su- su- subscription lapse. After a year and then you'd start over again and you'd get the reward which is really great
2: and that's probably why they don't do it anymore <laughs> Well, but, I mean they don't
1: care. They still got your subscription yeah. out of it, right? right. Um, there's another the, the other way that you would get it I believe is it Says registering a GameCube and two of four games That was from a selection. So you had a choice between Mario Kart Double Dash Mario Party 5 Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga and 1080 Avalanche. So if you did two of those and the GameCube, and you registered on like the Club Nintendo or whatever it was called at the time, you got the disc also. Which maybe maybe that was actually how I got it because I remember doing that registration thing. It's kind of like the um, the the Wii U one. Didn't Wii U do something like that where like you you know they were so desperate for people to buy a Wii U that they would. Do this thing like if you bought a Wii U and a couple games, you get another game for free or something like that.
2: I think so. I, I kind of remember yeah. that. I mean,
1: both both systems were in trouble. That's, um, we'll get to it later, but <laughs> the joke about Wind Waker is it's only on Nintendo consoles that didn't do well.
2: Oh, that's a shame, right?
1: <laughs> but everyone's played it. Like you, anyone you talk to that, that knows anything about Zelda has played Wind Waker somehow, but it's a combined like 40 million consoles, 45 million, something like that. So, I don't know it's it, it'll come to switch eventually probably. Um so also like, like you said it's on the Wii virtual console and on the Wii U virtual console. Then there was a 3DS remake June of 2011 which was really good.
2: It looks it's beautiful.
1: Yeah. improved a lot of things graphics, motion controls, other quality of life, you know, some of the the tedious things they kind of smoothed over which was really great. And uh now it'll be on the Switch online's Nintendo 64 expansion pack.
2: Oh, that's going to be exciting. It's the
1: end of October uh, 2021 to date us a little bit. But uh, it's my favorite game of all time, Ocarina of Time.
2: When they announced the N64 subscription, like the first thing I saw was Ocarina. I'm like, that's it. It's worth the price. Like, mm-hmm. I am. I will most definitely be playing this one again.
1: Uh, let's see. So we have um, the music that we're going to play for this. Um, there were two versions. But w- w- let's explain what it is. We'll get to it quickly. Um, I-, I swear I came up with this concept myself, but you know, I guess if you never do it, it doesn't really count, right? And um, the idea is that it's a, it's a suite of uh, the ocarina tunes. So, but it's done in the style of um, Young Person's Guide to the Orchestra. So it'll introduce, like the flute section is starting, you'll hear, and then it'll be... Um, The flute section will play one of the Ocarina tunes. And then, you know, down the orchestra, each one is a different tune. And it it covers Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. But I think it's really great for Ocarina because, I mean, Majora's Mask is sort of an expansion to Ocarina of Time. We don't say that. It's it's (laughs) kind of the truth. And we'll get to that when we get to Majora next. But um, so there will be some Majora's Mask um, Ocarina tunes in there. But it's really cool. There are two versions of them. Um, The. Zelda 30th Anniversary Concert from February 15, 2017. It was recorded October 16, 2016, Tokyo Metropolitan Art Theater with the Tokyo Philharmonic. Taizo Takamoto conducting, Kosuke Yamashita arranged. Um, and then they did a slightly different version, but it was still in the same order, it's still all the same tunes um, in 2018. It was a 2018 concert, December 14th. The album was released March uh, 6, 2019. Um, that's also in Tokyo, and the the fun thing about it is there's a little um, narration before each part. Right. So before each ocarina tune, there's there's narration for it, and it's all in Japanese. I don't. I don't there's never been an English version, um, so we decided we were going to write our own. There's a little introduction for each section, introducing each part of the orchestra. And uh, Angela wrote this, so she'll be performing it with the uh, the piece.
2: Yeah, and and this was this was a lot of fun to write because I. I, you know, I did a little research and cuz I haven't played the game in, you know, a few years now, so I actually had to remember each section of Hyrule and it was just really fun to to uh, go back and remember all that. It comes back to you very quickly.
1: Yeah, it really does. <laughs> it's kind of amazing how much this stuff sticks with you even if it disappears from your mind after a few years and You realize how much it, I guess how much it meant to you, right?
2: And and a lot of things are like that. When you play the most amazing game ever and it's like, I'm always going to remember this. And two years later, like, what was the section? I don't remember what that lake was called now.
1: But it's like riding a bike. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll play that, um, our little, you know, in-house arranged version. I call it the Young Person's Guide to the Ocarina. I like it. Because I really (laughs) like that name. And they don't use that. They call it like Ocarina Medley Suite, right? Which is kind of (laughs) lame. But um, we'll we'll say this is the definitive version, and maybe we'll put it up on YouTube after the show's up. Oh, that'll be fun. Just to you know have something up there, and yeah. that'll be a version that people can have. So a little bit of a Frankenstein monster of a piece, but I think it'll do a very good job of you know kind of summing up Ocarina of Time, which, like I said, is my favorite game ever. I'm a big 3D Mario guy, but Zelda tops the list of best ever in this case. So
2: yeah, I feel like like Zelda's kind of in a category of its own. And you know, we were we were just looking at a list of someone released a list of like the uh for the N64 expansion like oh like like the best N64 games we're like well of course Ocarina is gonna be first like yeah. it's it's just not fair. There are
1: people and I mean, look everyone has there are some people that they they didn't grow up with Ocarina of Time maybe they grew up with Majora's Mask or they grew up with Twilight Princess or something. Of course those will be their favorites you know you can't separate yourself from a time period but. Generally speaking, Ocarina is, is known as the the best one.
2: Yeah. And- well, I'll have opinions about, you know, the others later, but we always said, you know, if, if Majora's Mask is your favorite Zelda game, you're a little, we we need to have this. we need to have a talk. <laughs> like
1: well, you'll have a talk with a lot of people. People are going to be <laughs> mad at you for saying that. So I mean, one to.
2: one of my good friends heard, you know, and, you know, we butt heads over it a lot, which is fun, but her, you know, they, well, we'll talk about Majora's Mask later, yeah. but.
1: <laughs> so for now, Young Person's Guide to the Ocarina, let's uh, take a listen.
2: The kingdom of hyrule is as vast as this journey you've undertaken for it is like no other rather than encounter the beasts and species of the world you're introduced to a strange and wonderful orchestra this orchestra is a journey of its own with its groups of instrument families and the personalities within them you're introduced to it here by each instrument family playing on their own then all the instruments playing together These individual pieces exemplify both their instruments and our history, a sacred bond between the music and the land. The woodwinds will guide us through a day in Hyrule, morning to night, highest to lowest. The flute welcomes the break of day with sun song, accompanied by the highest member of the family, the piccolo. Next, we are comforted by the double reeds, the oboe and its cousin the English horn, with Zelda's lullaby. But before retiring for the evening, we must journey with the clarinets through the Minuet of Forest. The bassoon is one of the lowest woodwinds, complementing the rumble of Death Mountain in the Goron Lullaby. Now, all the woodwinds come together in the Prelude of Light. The Brass family might all look similar, shining with bells big and small. But like every member in a family each one has its own personality the french horns begin the call with the bolero of fire Trumpets play a mournful elegy of emptiness, memories of leaving part of yourself behind on this journey. biggest and lowest family members liven up the day. The trombones and tubas meeting up for new wave bossa nova. comes together for the Sonata of Awakening. Percussion offers support to all the other families, its members wild and varied. They are played with sticks, brushes, or hands. They are struck, brushed, or plucked. The many percussion instruments come together first for the song of healing. Harp is reminiscent of Lake Hylia as it plays the serenade of water, interrupted by the driving piano chords of the Song of Soaring. music is not just those instruments encountered on this adventure, but also includes one carried with you always. With only your voice, you too are part of the chorus, joining in the song of time with those gathered throughout the ages. The strings, large and small, complete our orchestral journey. Listen to the sound of each family member, from the highest to the lowest, growing bigger and bigger, just as your destination in the distance. The violins accompany your trusty steed in Epona's song. The viola is the violin's closest relative, a deeper timbre in the Nocturne of Shadow. Cello reveals the mystery of the world, opening its secrets with the oath to order. Contrabass is the lowest of the string family, its deep notes felt in the hearts of all those who precede it. They lead in the requiem of spirit. strings come together for the Song of Storms. You've traveled a very long while, and encountered many strange and wonderful things. Now, the full orchestra plays as one, starting with a reminder of your humble beginnings in Saria Song, expanding into the grand performance of your journey's finale.
1: So we're back. Uh, Zelda sixty four two time.
2: Yeah, let's do it.
1: <laughs> Majora's Mask is uh, is the sequel. It's a direct sequel to Ocarina of Time. Came out two years later, April twenty seventh two thousand in Japan, October twenty sixth two thousand North America, and November seventeenth two thousand in the uh, European regions and Australia and all all those guys that we often forget about.
2: That's why we mention them.
1: I you know we try to. Sometimes we don't. Uh, I remember at the time in like Nintendo Power, you read the magazines and they'd have those little square previews and stuff. And it was a uh, Zelda Gaiden, which was just Zelda side story. And that's that's all they called it at the time. It was Zelda Gaiden. For the longest time, that's pe- what people knew it as until they came out with The Legend of Zelda, Majora's Mask, you know. Um, it uses the same assets. It's a darker game. Um, that's a really quick turnaround time though. Two years. Oh, yeah. Right? And even then, it's uh Focke Ring of Time was... The, it was the end of 98
2: right i mean november, I, pl- I played it later i'm no, no, gonna well, trust yeah, you but november
1: <laughs> it was november 98 right and if we're talking about april 27 2000 that's less than two years it's like a year and a half
0: yeah
1: so they knocked that one out in like a year and a half which is kind of crazy because like i said it uses the same assets like you'll see the same characters it's really cool but it kind of works <laughs> you know um it's it's weird because it kind of comes off of like a parallel universe to Ocarina of Time yeah. in a weird way. So like the fact that th- this person looks just like this one did, it kind of it kind of works. You
2: know? And and I kind of played Ocarina and Majora like one right after the other. So, it works, and it, and it really works. Yeah. And even then, like never mind, like two years later, I would be walking around. And I'm like, wait, I know this, I know this person, but that's not the name they go by, and it's mm-hmm. just it was really weird.
1: Yeah, uh, this is kind of like the perfect example of a cult classic, I think. Oh yeah. I spent at least within you know popular games. It's a uh, it's a little weirder. It's a little off, you know, and it, it creeps you out. And I think that's what people like about it so much. It's one of those games that I feel like you really cannot make now, because nowadays you either make a smaller game or you make a big game that has to appeal to everyone. And to kind of throw out something weird like this, nobody wants to risk it.
2: Yeah. Like, at all. And, yeah, and. I was just going to say the same thing you did. But yeah, Majora is weird that way and I even though, you know, I I tease people who it's their favorite, but I really love it because, you know, it's just something a little unsettling. Like it kind of feels like a bad dream.
1: Yeah, and and maybe it
2: is. And and even from the start, like some, something's weird here.
1: Yeah. Um, they they use a lot of the same music from the first one. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like so uh you know the morning music, or little little things. Usually, smaller tunes are used. Like the dungeon music is all new, and the field music is different. And they're they're very memorable theme musics. Is that the, is that the term theme music? Theme
2: musics, I yeah. guess so. Right? Yeah. Theme and, musics.
1: Um, but it, it uses some old ones where appropriate. Um, but it has a lot of very memorable new tunes. Um, the ocarina songs. There are some ocarina songs that are used over again. Yeah. Link still has his ocarina. <laughs> You learned some new songs, which you heard before in the uh, Ocarina Medley. And um, it's, I don't know, tell, me, tell me a little, what sticks out about Majora's Mask for
0: you?
2: Yeah. And well, since obviously we're talking about the music here, I'm just thinking about how, even though it has some new pieces, they still sound familiar. They feel familiar.
1: It's just the same uh, style, the same yeah. sound style as uh, Ocarina. Yeah, it's the and, same. MIDI instruments and everything too.
2: Yeah. And even, you know, when, like, when you're listening to the ocarina medley and you hear something, it's like, I don't, it's like, that seems familiar to me, but I don't know why. It's probably from Majora's Mask.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like there are a lot of people that wouldn't have played Majora's Mask, but they played ocarina at the time. So in 98. Can you imagine coming back to Majora's Mask now after playing ocarina? And it would be weird because it would be, it would feel like going back into time with, all the similarities and it's the same you know style and everything but it's completely new stuff. It's like that must be a really weird sensation, right? Yeah,
2: and and it's a game I I keep on meaning to want I keep on wanting to replay it, but I know I I feel like I can't without playing Ocarina first.
1: Yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll do that sometime. We'll uh we'll go through them all.
2: Yeah, that's and it's funny because the first time I played Majora's mask, I say first time, the only time at this point. The one, one time. <laughs> the, the one time that you know, I'm like I have to get all of the masks and like that was like I just got obsessed with it that I actually used a little guide for some of them from you know from the internet. But it was just something like it just didn't it just didn't feel complete without it. Like I just had to get all these little details. Yeah. You have games, to learn everything about it. Some games have
1: collectibles <laughs> that are not required. That you, it's like give me a break I'm not gonna find like this coin in the corner in Assassin's Creed it's like what's <laughs> you have to be insane or that's has to be like the only game you play to do that There are some games like this where if you don't do that it feels like you didn't really finish it
2: yeah you can finish it but there's just it's just completely different when you get to the end and you've you've, you've done it all <laughs> I don't
1: think I ever finished it without getting all the masks. it just didn't feel right yeah um So did you play the 3ds version?
2: I, I played this on the Wii Shop too, <laughs> so I still haven't played the 3DS version.
1: The 3DS version was interesting because you kind of got the feeling that they go, oh, people really like that remake we did of Ocarina of Time. Let's do it for Majora's Mask too. Okay, well, you have two years to do it. Just like get it done. And was it two years? It was maybe it was more than that. I really don't. I don't know. There there, there were a few re releases of um, Majora's Mask. Uh, it was that GameCube disc, the same one as um, oh, yeah. Ocarina of Time in the first two games that was actually my first time playing it. So I had to use the GameCube C-Sticks for all the music, which I'm really sorry. It was a shame. I think that was actually, that might've been one of the only times I played the original version was that way. So I've never done it on original hardware. So oh, people wow. are going to probably turn this off now and be like, I, I can't <laughs> trust this guy. Um, the 3DS remake was 2015. And we said the, um, the remake on... Uh, 2011 so they had four years wow. so they had four years to do it and um it wasn't as good it was weird because the thing with ocarina of times remake is that they nailed every they've nailed how the game felt
2: yeah
1: like all every little thing was done very very meticulously with majora's mask it felt like they just said okay let's rebuild it from the ground up we want to make sure the game is complete they wanted to make a lot of call them improvements, adjustments to make it a little more approachable for people because it was very unapproachable with the three day cycle
2: at the time. I I could see that.
1: Um so they made a lot of adjustments, but people who are really into Majora's Mask originally were like the jumping doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel right, the you know things feel a little off compared to the original. It's not a perfect like if you play Docarine of Time 3D, you play Ocarina of Time Period. No one could really, it's really hard to argue otherwise. Majora's Mask, there's sort of an argument that you really didn't get the original experience as much as you should have.
2: That's interesting. Yeah. Even if the original, like every time you make remake a game, you're mm. going to tweak something to make it better. I don't know if that game necessarily needs it because even if something feels off, the entire game's supposed to feel like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's the point. Um, That's why when people make the argument they need to remake Super Smash Bros. Melee, if they remake it at all, you're not going to like it. Right. (laughs) It has to be 100% exact. And even then, they'll be like, oh, let's let's just fix this one little thing in it. And if you fix that one little thing, it's going to break something that people loved about it.
2: It's like it's like editing a book or editing anything you wrote. It's like you know it's it's never it's never complete. Like you just have to say you know what this is good. People enjoy it. I can't I can't fix this anymore. Yeah, quote unquote fix. Right. <laughs> it doesn't even need it. Lucas, I'm not going there.
1: <laughs> this game required the expansion pack. Do you remember that?
2: No. Well, you weren't really. Yeah, because I played you, it you on know, the Wii. <laughs> yeah.
1: But um, that needed the expansion pack. So that it was it's which kind of crazy when you consider how similar it is to yeah. Ocarina. But it required the expansion pack. And I, I was looking through at the time, you know, doing a little research, IGN called this the Empire Strikes Back of Nintendo 64, oh, yeah. which it kind of <laughs> makes sense, like such yeah. a big thing. And they were able to just nail it the second time like that, which is kind of cool. Um, We have an arrangement that we're going to play. Uh, it was just a, something I found on YouTube, arranged by Michael T. Sampson for the Ithaca College Gamer Symphony Orchestra under the direction of Matt Sadowski, um, the video is from 2014, but it looks like a 90s home video, <laughs> which um, I'll have to, to send it to you. And uh, it's kind of charming. Like you get one perspective, and that's it of oh, the conductor, and it's just that one spot that it, it it doesn't like move around and show you all the. It's just you just see the conductor basically, and a couple of instruments in front of him. Um, it's really great though. The audio sounds, I want to say fine. It sounds really great. It's it's a great arrangement. Um, There aren't a lot of great arrangements of Majora's Mask, because it's it's hard to really capture the feeling of the game. I think, but I think this is, um, if if not, great, very very close.
2: Yeah, I was listening to the audio earlier, and it it really reminds you of the game itself. Like it's it starts off happy, and we're going on an adventure, and then it's like, oh Mm -hmm. oh, like this Mm -hmm. is creepy. Weird stuff is happening.
0: Yeah,
1: so let's get into it. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Majora's Mask. Enjoy. The first uh, Zelda game for the GameCube, The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Um, it was the cel-shaded game that everyone hated, if you remember that. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um, it's not what we expected. <laughs> people were not expecting that. People were expecting, well, do you know why? Because of that tech demo that they showed off of yeah. Space World. Remember that tech demo, Link yeah. fighting Ganondorf? And you're like, whoa, this is realistic. And you actually get to fight Ganondorf this time. And then the first trailer comes out and Link, like, winks at you. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Remember he actually winked at you?
2: It was such an awkward wink.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it was like, it was. It, you look back now and it's charming, but people yeah. were angry at the time. Um, everyone loves the game now. Everyone loves it. Yeah. Everyone loves Wind Waker. I don't know anyone that's like, you know, Wind Waker was really just complete garbage. Some people might argue it was a little short. There were like four dungeons, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But um, everyone likes game, uh, Wind Waker now on GameCube. Um, it came out December thirteenth, two 2002 in Japan. March twenty fourth, two thousand and three, in North America, um, Korea. The following April sixteenth, and then uh, the European territories in Australia, May of two thousand and three. And this is a game that has aged very well. Oh yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> Even at the time, you knew that this is gonna this is gonna be a beautiful game forever. Um, the Wind Waker has the Baton, which is kind of an evolution of the Ocarina. Remember? I love the Baton, which is the Wind Waker, the titular <laughs> yeah. Wind Waker. And um, like we said, you had to use the sticks on Gamecube to play the n64 button notes, which was really hard to do mm-hmm. but because it's a baton that has a flowing movement, the stick using the C stick to move the baton in different directions it was a lot more natural
2: it actually makes sense and it made a
1: lot of sense <laughs> and it worked it feels right um and this is the first Zelda game that the music wasn't done completely by Koji Kondo
2: mm. did you know that I don't think I knew that. He's-
1: I don't think you really read this stuff as much as i don't I (laughs) do think anyone really does uh kenta nagata hajime wakai and toro minigashi um they helped out kondo did a few tracks and he obviously it's it's always hard to tell because they never you know unless you get a cd release where they give you like liner notes they'll just list like in the credits of the game and that's how everyone knows just the credits they're like four composers are listed for all we know and i don't think it's the case i really should have looked this up but um you, Kondo might have gotten credit for the existing themes, like the uh, the Hyrule Castle theme, right. Zelda's theme, et cetera, et cetera, You would credit someone for that alone. I think he did a few new tracks, and you know, people are probably yelling at me. Hopefully, someone's yelling at me because that <laughs> means that someone knows something that's actually listening to the show. Um, it had the really gorgeous Wii U port in 2013. You know, it was one of the first the games that people actually gave a damn about on the Wii U. Yeah. Well, and it really just enhanced the way it looked.
2: I remember just booting it up and I'm like, "Oh, this is this is pretty." Like it was it looked nice before, but the Wii U really gave it something new. It
1: kind of hurt your eyes. <laughs> like I actually didn't I actually
2: didn't finish it on a Wii U. Really? Yeah. remember I
1: they I did the thing where if you bought it digitally, it came out a couple days early. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was a strange thing. It was maybe a couple weeks, but it came out early if you did it digitally on Wii U. But it's an awesome game. Um it's kind of a it's it's very much a new generation of Zelda even though it's still the 3D still has the Z targeting still plays exactly the same as the N64 ones but it felt like a new generation of gamers Zelda. Like I was saying before like Ocarina of Time is my favorite one and most people seem to agree with that. There are some people that grew up with Wind Waker.
0: Yeah.
1: And that was that was theirs. And it's interesting that I can only speak from my perspective where I was an Ocarina baby, not in Zelda in general, but for the 3D's, like that was the one that I was you know, you know, that that was the one that I was there for. Um, Wind Waker, I was, I was a little older. So it didn't... Not not that there was anything wrong with it at all. And there really isn't. I mean, arguably. But uh, it wasn't my... I grew up with this 3D Zelda.
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess for me, because I got into them later, like there wasn't one that I specifically grew up with so I I feel like I'm just saying I'm like oh yeah this one's my favorite this one is great like I just I don't say I love them all equally but I kind of do and Wind Waker is weird because when I started it I kind of had that feeling that I assume people did when it first came out that I'm like what what is this 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 is not Ocarita. this is weird and I was I think I went into it with that negative mindset and as like as you played it I'm like Oh, like you know what? This is completely different. This is new, and it's fun. Yeah, this
1: is the um, this is the one that invented the Zelda cycle. You remember the Zelda cycle, where the game you, a new Zelda's coming out, and everyone's super excited for it. Then it comes out, and people hate it. Right. And then the next Zelda <laughs> comes out, and everyone loves the previous one, and they hate the current one. Yeah. And I was I pulled a, a um, an excerpt here. I hope I could see it from my screen, where they were actually talking about it, the creators, and they they acknowledge that like this is actually a thing. Like they know about the Zelda cycle. <laughs> um this is during the old Awada asks um that he used to do when a new oh, game yeah. would come out. So they had the Zelda they were talking about the Zelda cycle when talking about the <coughs> new version of Wind Waker, the HD version. Um So Awada said, I think if I think back, people were clearly split into two groups. Which with one happy and saying the characters are so expressive that it's like I'm controlling an anime. And another resisting is saying it's like a game for small kids with the characters this cute. So lot actually like they were acknowledging it like, openly. He knows.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: and Eiji Onuma, who's like the, the Zelda guy, he's kind of like he doesn't really direct him anymore. He's kind of like the general producer guy. Mm-hmm. He's he's the guy they put out when they're talking about Zelda. Uh yes, there was a clear split. <laughs> like they they totally acknowledge it. Um, and Onuma actually calls it the Zelda cycle. Oh. So they actually they're they're aware <laughs> of it. And maybe that's why they're just like, you know what, we're gonna make a game and you know, people are going to hate it as soon as they first try it, and then they'll come around to it eventually.
2: We we all do that with a lot of things. Like we hate new things. Yeah, it's like we want what we already know.
1: Yeah, but uh, it's especially strong with Zelda. I think. I think it's just one of those things we
2: get very possessive. Which of is our favorites. It's
1: different than the Sonic cycle, where it's just continued misery forever. <laughs> right,
2: but yet we still play them. Some of us do.
1: Um, the version we're playing. Um, we are playing a medley of Wind Waker and uh, it was the Zelda 25th Anniversary Special Orchestra CD. Um, it was arrangements that were used in the Symphony of the Goddesses concerts. So I don't know if you've ever been to those. Yeah,
2: that was that was a good time. I've been to like
1: three or four of those. <laughs> I just keep ending up going and they'll always have something a little different but it's still enjoyable to hear all that stuff. Um, the recordings that we're playing will we'll play for Wind Waker and for Twilight Princess. They were with they were on that CD and they were bundled with the special edition of Skyward Sword. So when you got the Skyward Sword special edition, you got the game, you got that gold Wii remote. Yeah. And then you got the soundtrack CD and it was really, it was like, I always say it's the, it's the gold standard of Zelda arrangements. They're just, they're just great stuff. Um, So we're going to be playing two of that. We'll get to Twilight Princess in a minute, but it's, it's, it's just great uh, medley. covers everything. It's exciting. It doesn't get boring. It's like 10 minutes long. Um the arrangements are by Kosuke Yamashita. Um and it was recorded in the Orchestra Nova San Diego. So uh we'll get going on that. We'll listen to that and then we'll be back when it's over, but uh I think I think you'll enjoy it. If you've never heard it before, there's a good chance that you've heard it before because you know, it's the one they keep using. They they've they've played this arrangement in many different forms, uh, other arrangement CDs. I think it was the Zelda 2018 recording concert, like the one I ever talked about for the Ocarina Medley. Yeah. I think it was on there mm-hmm. as well. But I, I like the one, the tightest performance, I think, is on that 25th anniversary CD, so we're going to play that one.
2: Yeah. It's it's a great track. I've, I've listened to it several times. It's just like beautiful harmonies, and it's just a great, it's a great piece of music. Yeah, yeah, and
1: if you haven't heard the CD, um, if you've been to the Symphony of the Goddesses concert, you've heard this before, but It's good. It's a good. uh, It doesn't get old, really. It's one of those. It's worth a few listens because there's a lot of stuff in there. So we'll get on to that and we'll be back for Twilight Princess after this. This is The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. So this is the final uh 3D Zelda that we're gonna be covering today. It's the second GameCube Zelda, technically. Technically. <laughs> um, the Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Now I feel bad before I didn't we didn't talk a lot about Wind Waker. I feel like we didn't have a lot to say about it, which is strange because it's so good, it's so wonderful. It's it's a wonderful memory of a of a time, you know, when I was younger but not too young that I don't remember.
0: Right. You
1: mm-hmm. know? Not that I was like a baby when ocarina of time came out or anything but i was very much into wind waker but i think it's just when you're it's kind of that middle it's that formative uh you're growing up years i think which i guess you wouldn't understand because you played them all at once right
2: well even even within like the chronology of the 3d games it kind of feels like that too yeah it's like it's it's still they're still figuring out what they're doing or what's next (laughs)
1: Because yeah. they nailed it so quickly with Ocarina and Majora, so okay, how do we push this forward? Let's change the art style. Let's do some other things. It's, there's there's a lot more narrative, I think, than Wind Waker.
2: Yeah, and, and I didn't mention before, like I really I really got into Wind Waker when they started talking about like Hyrule itself. And oh yeah, that was the good yeah. stuff. That was the like, stuff everyone. Liked. I don't no spoilers, just in case. But there's just a point that you're like. Oh, like this is actually a part of the same like universe that it's just it's just really wonderfully done. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. So, Twilight Princess was, like I said, it was the second GameCube Zelda, technically. Um. It's 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 an interesting game because it was kind of in response to that whole Zelda cycle thing. People were very upset that Wind Waker looked like it was for babies, right? And highlight princess was the um originally they were talking about wind waker 2 so they said oh right. we'll, we'll talk about wind waker 2 we'll talk about it soon we'll give you some information soon and finally when we got the trailer for wind waker 2 revealed in 2004 which was the same e3 that they showed off the ds so you got the ds oh, yeah. and then you got quote unquote wind waker <laughs> 2 trailer coming and it comes out and it's the uh the cone of the barbarian music trailer. <laughs> yeah. remember that
2: i mean great music yeah <laughs>
1: And it was like it was like a really like cheese ball version. Like remember when uh, cartoons on TV would have to like play a classical piece, but they don't want to pay for the licensing or yeah. something. <laughs> so they just kind of invert the directions the notes go. It was like that for, for um Riders of Steel from Conan the Barbarian. Um and they showed off Wind Waker 2. It was it was they was just called The Legend of Zelda at the time. They didn't have a title yet. And it was realistic, people were losing their minds. It was it was pretty wild. Um, it was released 2006 for the Wii in November, first in North America, which I think was the first time they did that. Oh, interesting. Because they knew that that was the point where Zelda started becoming more popular in the West than it was in Japan. Uh, It was early December for the rest of the world. Um, it, It was originally for the Wii, which was weird because it was going to be a GameCube game, but then they said, well, Wii's coming out. We'll put it on Wii as well. It came out first for Wii, and then the following month on GameCube. So the GameCube one is a lot harder to find, because they probably figured that not as many people were going to... GameCube, was, again, wasn't a popular console, yeah. all things considered. Um, it's it's not a bad game at all. It is my least favorite 3D Zelda, I think, overall. Well, maybe Skyward Sword is, is lower than that, because Skyward Sword kind of doubled down on the problems I had with Twilight Princess. But... Um, it's not, not, none of them are bad. I don't think any of them are bad, but I think Skyward Sword is my least favorite, but it is Angela's favorite, I think.
2: Twilight Princess. Twilight Princesses. <laughs> yeah. And and I think, I don't know. I think, you know, maybe because of, you know, I was like newly out of college and, you know, I'm getting my like, footing in the world. And then here comes this dark, gritty, angry Zelda. And I'm like, I am all about this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Maybe it just connected to you, right? Yeah. <laughs> <I, laughs>
2: And and especially, like, right after Wind Waker. And I can see, you know, where the, you know, people who are like, it's like, all right, we need something new. Like, Wind Waker sucks. Give us a new Zelda. And they're like, all right. And then they just give you this, like, this dark, gritty thing. And and then people hated it.
1: Of course they did. <laughs> until Skyward Sword came right. out. But, and then um, it's the best thing in the world, again. I think the problem with it is that it was trying to recapture... Um, Ocarina of Time too much. And I th- I don't think you could ever do that. You can't say we're going to make another Ocarina of Time because you're never going to do it as well. It's going to always be an imitation. There are aspects of it that are original that are great. But I think overall it was just it was reaching too hard to be Ocarina as opposed to being its own thing. What made Wind Waker great is that nobody knew they wanted it until they played it. Right. And that's that's the case a lot. And Nintendo was always good at that. I would argue, maybe the Switch years, they were a little too responsive to what people were asking for, mm-hmm. which kind of pushed back some innovation in in style and how they make their games. They're, they're, they seem these days to be a little more um, uh, create by committee, and like yeah. <laughs> they listen to what people want. Even even Mario Odyssey, oh, they want Mario sixty four again. Let's make another Mario sixty four, and it's a great game, but um, there's nothing like mind blowingly new about it. I think. Yeah, it's 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 too much of that, and I felt like Twilight Princess was a little bit of that too. It was, it was a little much, too much response to Wind Waker.
2: Yeah, and and it's funny with Twilight Princess. I will say like, oh, this is like this is my favorite Zelda game. Like you know, the first time I played it, I'm like, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna start that over again right now. Like I play it like back to back, but I'm still like, I'm re- like in the beginning, I'm just really bored. <laughs> oh yeah, like just opening it up, but probably because you know. If this is a game, if they're supposed to model something like Ocarina, we know what we're doing.
1: It's it's tricky because it's trying to capture that Ocarina. It's almost like trying to do a modern Ocarina of Time. Yeah. At that time, it was uh, I guess it was less than ten years later, right?
2: Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> no, that's uh,
1: <laughs> but um. It's, it's trying to be that, but it's like, oh, well, we'll make an Ocarina of Time for modern players. So they need a lot of hand-holding, a lot of help. Yeah. And that was the problem with Skyward Sword, is that they went like way overboard on that. And then in, in the recent remake, Skyward Sword, they, they chopped back a lot of that stuff, which is good, because that's the stuff that everyone hated. Um, they're, they're, Those two games are more similar. You, you feel an evolution of style. Oh, yeah. The, the biggest break is between Majora and Wind Waker. But when you play Twilight Princess you feel a little Wind Waker still in there and I think it was the Mm -hmm. same engine which is weird because visually (laughs) it's so different but I think it's the same engine and you feel a lot of that similarity the sounds are a little similar and then from Twilight to Skyward there's that same similarity in style that's why they kind of just cut the cord after that and did Breath of the Wild because people were getting (laughs) tired of the hand holding really is what it was and there was a lot of that in Twilight Princess
2: yeah and yeah and like once once you get through the beginning like tutorial like there's just so much tutorial and here's how you play Zelda that once you get past that I'm like here's my game now is when it starts
1: I think that I only finished it twice I did the original and I did the the remake on remake I mean it, it's kind of a quote unquote remake and that's another thing I was going to talk about the uh 2016 Wii U version the HD Twilight Princess HD They didn't really change a lot
2: not really it's
1: and it doesn't pop the way wind waker did like having an hd version it didn't really like whoa like it looks nicer um the other thing i was going to mention i'm really i'm really crapping on the game now it sounds like i hate it (laughs) i I really don't but um were there musical aspects to it the same way there was um wind waker even and uh ocarina majora no
2: because because you you get now you just get the wolf who who does like oh kinda, yeah i guess he howls he, right he oh, okay howls, so there is something he does yeah. howl the the, the quote-unquote ocarina tunes yeah
1: and that's um hold the stick up medium or down or something right yeah that
2: took me a long time to figure out though that was yeah it wasn't very
1: for all the tutorializing they did it wasn't really clear that that's what you were supposed to Remember do the first
2: time i was trying to howl and i'm like i know i'm doing the right <laughs> order uh, it's just not working
1: and then link gets the leaf right but that's only to summon opponent, right
2: yeah, I don't even remember that part. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. He he blows into the leaf, and it kind of like yeah. it hums the yeah. opponent's song a little bit. Hums. Whatever.
2: Whistles. Whatever leaf does. Leaf whistles. I <laughs> Whistle.
1: Think, right. Um. Yeah, so I guess there was really no serious musical aspect. That you know, there's no baton. There's no ocarina. Um. And then that kind of goes forward to Skyward Sword, which has the harp, but you kind of just go. Yes, right? <laughs> you, you just hit the
2: hit the button a little. Yeah, you don't have to follow any tune.
1: Um, I was when I was doing the research. One little fact is, uh, according to Art and Artifacts, the book mm-hmm. Legend of Zelda: Art and Artifacts, page four nineteen, it says there was Lord of the Rings inspiration in this game.
2: I didn't know that. Can you
1: see that? Maybe not in the um, the story so much. I'm trying to think of what that could be, but. Uh, style that darkness and
2: i mean and, that definitely yeah
1: because uh. if you figure wind waker came out 2003 so they started making that probably before the movies came out and that became a big thing that was when the third one came out. this is the first one after that after that whole phenomenon if you're going for darker and everyone likes dark and gritty now right there would be some inspiration there yeah, in and, style
2: and i'm sure it's not the only thing because you know that was those are big movies mm-hmm. so you know Anything that's that popular, people like. Okay, how do we do that? Yeah, <laughs> let's 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 mimic that. And well,
1: Nintendo doesn't do that so much. It's more of oh, that's a that's a cool thing now. Let's let's incorporate a little. Of yeah, that. Mm-hmm. it's not like how do we jump on that bandwagon? It's like you know, let's make our
2: own Lord of the Rings. Like yeah. that's and that really like, wasn't what this
1: was. No. There was still that. There's still that Zelda quirkiness in here, which I like. You know, all the characters yeah. are kind of weirdos and stuff, which. It's wonderful thing. That's that's how it should be.
2: Yeah. One of my favorite characters from Twilight Princess is like a side character, like like one of the guys from the Resistance. I don't know why. I just like kind of latched onto him because they're just they just all have like really like like interesting and like memorable personalities. Yeah,
1: yeah. Those weird, those weird, like the kids, right? Was yeah, it the kids or something? The kids.
2: And then when they had like the secret meetings in the bar, yeah. there was like the group that was you know like taking back Hyrule. Yeah. <laughs> like. I'm like, I want to be part of the resistance. Yeah,
1: it was a fine game. Um, okay, I guess I had crap on the music, too. Oh. <laughs> not that there's, wrong. there's nothing wrong with the composition of the music. The problem with the music is that it's the MIDI samples that they used.
2: They, they, felt, they could have done a lot more with It the... felt
1: dated. And a lot of games do this where they will write for a full orchestra and they will not have a full orchestra to record it. And it sounds cheesy. Yeah. And you don't get this a lot in like movies. You really don't get that. Either you write for the full orchestra and you generally get it, or you're Hans Zimmer and you just do it all on the computer. (laughs) Uh, But Or you just don't do an orchestra score. This was trying to be a big orchestra score, and it didn't have the orchestra, and it sounded bad as a result. So you're coming into 2006. The game is out. Xbox 360 came out in 2005. PlayStation 3 came out in 2006, like right around the time of Wii next generation, we got all this technology, we got all this stuff, big budget games. And then Twilight Princess comes out and the music sounds like it, it was played on finale a little bit.
2: Yeah. And and it's such a shame because the the music is just so beautiful in mm-hmm. that game. You know, I'm I'm a woodwind player, so I'm like, give me all the English horn. Just give me that deep, like, deep, like woodwindy sound. I yeah. guess I'll put it that way. <laughs>
1: and I guess that's why it's a good thing that we're gonna play an orchestra medley.
2: Yeah, and every time I'm saying every time you heard this line, the one time I went to <laughs> Symphony of the Goddess, but just the, the the live performances of these are just so much they're so much richer than the than the game music.
1: There's a passion and an intensity <laughs> to the Twilight Princess music. That's mm-hmm. why I say the composition is so good that the, the the instruments they use, for lack of a better term, the, the instruments, whatever, they're not up to the task. Yeah. When you go on to Hyrule Field and you hear that Twilight Princess Hyrule Field music, which is excellent. The the computer instruments don't do it. They don't punch you in the face. It's a really intense. Oh yeah. Sound and everything from the final battle music, Minda's theme is like it's okay, but when you hear it on a real English horn, which you will hear in this medley that we're playing, it 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 kind of like eats at your soul a little bit.
2: Yeah, could you imagine like that that live feeling like with the game itself just now i'm just picturing like 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 minda's final scene and just with like real instrumentation would just be like heart-wrenching yeah
0: and
1: all those like i know people do epic orchestra version i'm just i'm not into those i'm sorry like i just to orchestrate something and say i have slightly better midi i'm not into it like i know there was um there was there was a couple instances of that I, i won't try to remember the names so that you know, I don't have to insult you directly, but like, I'm just not into that stuff. Like, Give me the orchestra. And I'm trying to think outside of this medley, which is an excellent one, it's very, very similar to the Wind Waker one. It's by the same people from the same album, the 25th anniversary, and then it was played, Symphony of the Goddesses. It's, it's, again, it's the gold standard. Yeah, Absolutely 100%. Mm-hmm. There aren't a lot of other Twilight Princess medleys like that. Not really. People like to cover Wind Waker music a lot because it's pretty, you know, boppy and and fun mm-hmm. and everything. Strong medleys, mel- melodies, <laughs> right? It's hard to do that sometimes. I know. <laughs> Twilight Princess. It has Midna's theme. It has the Hyrule Field theme. And this is not to say that there aren't themes in the game at all, because there absolutely are. But um, it's 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 orchestra stuff. It's really really orchestra stuff.
2: Yeah, and and it's and it's hard. Like I I once tried to like arrange a piece for like you know, I do like small group pieces, and but it's really hard to to do that for for that instrumentation for this game. Like you, because it just sounds empty. You need the full sound. Yeah. You
0: need
1: real players. You need real emotion in there. I think, and I think this this uh, this piece that we'll play the uh, the medley of Twilight Princess will do it. It's all the same people. Um, you heard them before. It's a similar st- style of arrangement and it's it's it really does the game justice.
2: Can we play the game and listen to this <laughs> instead of the game music?
1: <laughs> if the game was for PC, people would have already modded yeah. the music into the game. <laughs> that's how they do it. That's what they do for uh that's what they did for Dragon Quest Eleven. It came out on PC first, right? Yeah. And you had the symphonic suite right away, so people did a mod where it just popped all the orchestra music in there. <laughs> And then ultimately, they did it themselves when they came out with the Definitive Edition. Yeah. So I like Twilight Princess. I really do. I know I don't sound like I do, but I do. And I need to put that on the record. So
2: it's good. I've, I've sold it. I've sold it in the past uh, two minutes. Yeah. And it's come out like four different ways it's,
1: it was on GameCube, Wii, um, and then on Wii U via the backwards compatibility, right? Yeah. And maybe they'll come out with the uh, Wind Waker and Twilight Princess watch. But before this comes out, they'll announce it just so that the episode gets outdated we'll somehow <laughs> yeah. announce. Oh, by the way, we're putting out a two pack wind waker and twilight princess. Cause that wouldn't be the first time something like this has happened. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. All right. So we're going to listen to the legend of Zelda, twilight princess from the 25th anniversary. Um, arrangement soundtrack. I don't even know what it's called. Zelda, the legend of Zelda, 25th anniversary. I think that's all it is. I think that's it. <laughs> and that's the one that came with a uh, skyward sword. So, uh, Before we play the music, uh, we'll wrap up. Uh, Anything you want to say before we go?
2: Uh, Now I just want to replay all the games over again. They're just all so good. (laughs) I don't
1: think we have time for that. I'll make time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Angela, thanks for being here.
2: Yeah, anytime.
1: Oh, okay. I'll get you next week too. (laughs) And uh, enjoy the music. This is The One Upbeat. Thanks for listening.
2: Thank you for tuning in to the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. I want to thank Tim Burton for providing his voice for all the bumpers and stingers you hear throughout the show, and to David Cassina for providing Cinematic Sound Radio's intro music. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please email us at, cinematicsound at yahoo.com. You can find us on social media at Sound Radio on Twitter, at Cinematic Sound on Facebook, and from wherever you're listening to us today, please leave us a five-star rating and a positive
1: review. Reviews help introduce potential new listeners to the show. While
2: you're at it, head over to Tee Public to find yourself a Cinematic Sound Radio t-shirt and support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash cinematicsoundradio. And don't forget to check out Cinematic Sound Radio at cinematicsound.net.